things any Christian needs to know about Jesus. Number one, he takes away the sins of the whole world. So he can take away your sin, all of it. Number two, he's the one that can baptise in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit of God came upon him because he was the Son of God. And he can give that Holy Spirit to all flesh because he's taken away the Son of the world. Son, son of, sorry, the sins of the world. So that means, why is that so important? Because you now can receive the Holy Spirit. You can live in God's strength and power. You couldn't do that before. His life, his resurrection life and power can live in you, work in you, change the world through you. It won't be you anymore, hallelujah. It will be God the Holy Spirit. And every Christian needs, therefore, to be baptised in the Holy Spirit so that we have the overflowing life of Jesus flowing through us. Those are the two most important things. And John the Baptist got them even before Jesus had done anything. Are you with me? No, no, they were the most important things. Take hold of them. The gospel's simple and you can share it with people. So that's the first part of the reading. Um, uh, and uh, uh, then we come to the second part of the reading and we find that... Uh, the next day, John the Baptist says again, Behold, the Lamb of God. So Andrew, and I reckon it was John, because when, when he doesn't put the name of the disciple, it's usually himself. So he said, there were two disciples, and later on you learn one of them's Andrew. So the other one's probably John. They were both fishermen. So uh, John and Andrew were walking by, and uh, uh, John the Baptist, sorry, John. Jesus was walking by, and John said, Look, behold, the Lamb of God. This is the second time now. He said, Well, if, if our boss says it, must be good. So we'll go and have a look. You want to look closely, you've got to start going near the bird and following them <laughs> and see what they do. So they start following Jesus. Something on the news today about stalkers going to be arrested and go to prison. So they started stalking Jesus. Um, so no wonder he turned around and said, Oi, what are you up to? I'm going to put you in prison. No, he didn't say that. But he did turn around. So it sounded a bit terse, doesn't it? Say, so what do you want? If people were following you around everywhere, you would kind of want to ask them that question. They started following him everywhere. But uh, uh, as soon as they said, they said, well, well, where are you staying? And they thought, okay, he generally wants to kind of see who I am, what kind of person I am. Did he say, no, no, my private life's my private life. He said, come and see. And he welcomed them into his home and they stayed with him the whole day. And after that experience, they were changed forever. Because they watched come a bit more closely and other things you might have said about Jesus were he is just love in the flesh. And so what did they find when they went to his home? They found that he was completely accepting of them. They were just ordinary fishermen that turned up. He didn't really know what things they'd done wrong or right or whatever else, but he just accepted them and loved them and shared his life with them. What was going on, chatted to them. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be in church, isn't it? I love to go to the World Prayer Centre. Uh, we do yesterday because uh, other Steve's noticed it and others have noticed it. Because when you go there, it's, you think, well, they're a big organisation that prays for the whole world and have all these important people up the front doing the prayers. Well, no, they don't. Everybody's just like everybody else and you just kind of flow in together and you'll just ask any ordinary person, you know, you've got a prayer to say, say, say the prayer. <coughs> and, and this is to pray for the whole world. It's not just, you know, it's not just a local thing for Birmingham. Uh, because they've just learned that, yeah, we're just ordinary people. We're just Christians who know Jesus. We're in this together. And Jesus is like that. And church should be like that. And hopefully when you come to church, you feel loved and accepted as just for who you are. And that's what makes us followers of Jesus. And Jesus lives amongst us. That unconditional love and acceptance. Uh, and the second thing I think that happened is they began to get excited. 
And they kind of thought, when we're listening to what he says and, uh, and what John the Baptist said about him seems to be true somehow, maybe this is the one who can change the world and change us. And he seems to be happy for us to join him in this. We can be part of God's amazing mission to change the whole world. The Messiah might even have come. They're excited. So what do they do? Go home and go to sleep and not tell anybody? No, they go home to the family. Andrew goes home to his brother, uh, Peter, another fisherman, and says, hey, Peter, we found the Messiah, we think. Why don't you come and see? Now, maybe it depends what relationship you have with your brother. Um, he might think, oh, Andrew's lost it again. He's a bit too keen. But because he's your brother, you probably say, well, all right, I'll go and have a look. And as soon as Peter comes, Jesus starts speaking into his life. His name's Simon at this point. He said, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter because you're going to be a rock. So as soon as people start meeting Jesus, they begin to discover something of the hope that they're going to change and become something strong where they're weak and new. He's going to make all things new in their lives. That, that hope of change and of being part of what God wants to do uh, should immediately arise in us when we start meeting Jesus. Uh, and so there we've kind of got it again. They've picked up two most things about Jesus, that he loves us and accepts us. Why? Because he is forgiveness embodied. He wants to forgive us and accept us. He's died. He will die for the sins of the whole world. And secondly, he wants to give us hope and joy and excitement that we can be part of his mission to change the world. How's that going to happen? When we're baptised in the Holy Spirit. When does Simon really become Peter? Does it happen during the time that Jesus is there? No. Because he denies Jesus three times, doesn't he? He can't do it by himself. But when the Holy Spirit comes on him, the boldness and the joy and the life that fill him, it's a complete contrast. Because it's God, it's not him. Because he's been baptised in the Holy Spirit. So I hope those things excite you afresh this morning. And those are the two most important things you want to get, might want to get excited about to other people. Say, well, who's this Jesus you believe in then? Well, actually, I've discovered... Do you know, he can actually take away every wrong thing I've done, the punishment for it. He can forgive me forever for everything I've ever done wrong and give me life to be with him in heaven forever. It's amazing. It's a free gift. That's what Jesus is to me. You're mad. Yeah, we are, but we believe it. And then secondly, you might say, do you know, I found that he gives me something inside that changes me from the inside. He says it's, it's the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God. And I found it's true in me. Jesus has baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And those are the two most important things you should try and communicate to people. If you're not sure what to say about Jesus, you get those two things. And of course, in the middle, as Emma said, he's the son of God. Uh, and, and the only reason he can take away the sins of the whole world is because he's the son of God as well as son of man, isn't it? So what does John the Baptist say? Because I saw this and it's true. He probably thought, how can this man, the Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world? If he's the son of God, maybe he can. So he says, now I've seen it. I believe and I testify that he is the son of God. So there's three things you can tell people. Who's Jesus? The Son of God. Most of them know that one kind of in their heads, whether they believe it or not, it's another one. He takes away the sin of the world and he fills us with his life by the Holy Spirit. And uh, when you start sharing that with other people, they're more likely to respond if you're enthusiastic. But let's ask the final question. Who is most likely to respond when you share with them? Is it going to be the person behind the counter, the cashier in the, in the co-op? Maybe, maybe not. Depends whether you've got a bit of a relationship with them, isn't it? <laughs> if you start telling them, hey, did you know Jesus takes away the sins of the whole world whilst you're buying your coffee and your bread? 
And I say, oh yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But probably won't change them much. It's good for them to know. Uh, if you've got a relationship with them, maybe. In other words, what I'm trying to say is it's actually those who are your friends, your family, who you're most likely to, to influence, even though they also might resist you because they think, oh, I know that guy, I know what you're like, and I'm not taking much notice of what you say. They know our good and our bad side, doesn't it? But if you stick with the Holy Spirit working in your life over time, they will see how you've changed. And they may not like it straight away, what you do following Jesus, but if you stick with it and let the Holy Spirit keep working in you, you'll keep coming and keep being changed, keep rejoicing in Jesus, overflowing with hope and excitement and life and forgiveness because you've been forgiven, you forgive them everything. And once that overflows in you, you'll be surprised what happens. Each time you say, come and see, come and see, they might not come to the next Alpha, but they'll come to the one after that. Are you with me? This is the normal Christian life. And it can it move quite quickly. Uh, where do you think is the fastest growing church in the world at the moment? Anybody know? Take a guess. Which country? Africa. Uh, Africa as a continent, it, it has been growing very fast. But right now, the fastest growing church in the world is, where, is one where you would think there wouldn't be any Christians. That's why it's growing very fast. It's Iran. Iran is the fastest growing church in the world. And uh, secondly... Who do you think it's growing most amongst? The men, the women, or the children? Take your pick. Sorry? Hopefully the men. It's the women. It's growing fast amongst the women. And uh, I didn't get unpacked behind it, because the, the World Press Center has connections with people underground in all the countries of the Middle East, and, and incredible things are happening in the Middle East, under the scenes. But you see, the women are kind of behind the picture, aren't they? The men are out there up front, they've got to act and do everything right. The women are usually shut away at home and sort of... What do they do? They go and natter with their friends. And if one of them gets an experience, gets an answer to prayer, gets a dream and a revelation of Jesus, guess what they do? They share it with their friends. And it goes like wildfire. So uh, just an example how quickly it can spread. So are we ready to look closely at Jesus, get excited, and invite others to come and see what we've found? Let us pray.